Hey, listen, if you have a Bible this morning, I'm going to invite you to the book of the Psalms. If you don't have a Bible, there's some in the sides of the tech booth back there. Um, feel free to uh, go get one if you need to borrow one. If you um, need to keep one because you don't have one that you can read easily, that's perfectly fine. It is our gift to you. That's not a problem. Uh, if you don't know where the Psalms is, you more or less crack it open right in the middle, uh, maybe just a smidge left in the middle, and then find Psalm 40. Um, I'll tell you what the impetus of today is, is uh, this, this particular passage in, in the Psalms. And um, thinking about this and thinking about um, our year and how to encourage one another as we close out this crazy year of ours. And so Psalm 40, Psalm 40, all right, that's where we're going to be. And I'll read uh, the first several verses here without comment. And really, I just want to lock in on a couple of verses there that are kind of in the middle. You ready? Psalm 40. By the way, if you're a user of the Bible app, feel free to do that. We did not put a live event up today just because there's no real notes. Uh, But uh, Psalm 40, ready? I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. So blessed is the Lord who makes the Lord his trust. Lots of things we could trust in, right? Who makes the Lord his trust? who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. Verse 5, excuse me. You have multiplied. I love that it's not added. Multiplied. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds, listen, and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, and they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. And then I said, behold, I I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me, I delight to do your will, O my God, your law is within my heart. That's a great intro right there. And I will lock in on these couple of verses, 9 and 10. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Let's just pause right there. What did he do? He told. What did he do? He told, meaning he spoke up. Um, there, is a, there is something about us coming to a point where we open our mouths and say something that things begin to crystallize inside of us. And so when we get the opportunity to speak up um, here in just a moment and at Thursday lunch and everywhere else, uh, those things will oftentimes crystallize inside of us. I have told the glad news. He didn't tell his own story. What did he tell? Somebody tell me. What did he say? The glad news. That's, what, that's exactly right. He said glad news. Okay? Not, not, he's, he's making an announcement here. He's not offering an opinion. He's not sharing something that somebody else wrote. He's, he is making an announcement out of his own life. He told glad news uh, of deliverance. And then he does so where? There is an audience. He does so in the great congregation. Now look down your row. Look down, Seriously, look down your row. You're not sure that this is the great congregation, but it is, okay? 
This is, this is you. You're, a couple of you are like, yeah, I don't know about that at all. This is the great congregation. Behold, I am not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. I, I want to give you just a couple of things here. Number one, why? Why is this so important? Why is it important to share your story, to speak up and testify, to bear testimony to what God has done? Number one, number one, you ready? God gets glory when we do that. Uh, look, can we look at verse 10? I have not hidden, and then whose deliverance is it? Whose? What's it say? Yours. Not his own deliverance. See, he didn't worry about saving himself. Look back at verse 1 real quick, just real quick. I waited patiently for myself, right? Is what? No, for whom? The, the government. For whom? The Lord. So where did, I, where did his deliverance come from? The Lord, that's exactly right. So I have not hidden your deliverance, that's God's deliverance from within my heart. I have spoken of my own faithfulness or not. What does it say? God's faithfulness. I have spoken of uh, your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed how, my own love. No, no, no. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. So when you and I speak up and we get the opportunity to open our mouths and testify to the things God has done, God gets glory. Why would I hide something that God deserves? Why would I hide something that God deserves? And in fact, the way that I shape, even the way that I tell my story, the way that I shape my story should be not about me being the hero of any story that I'm in, but I have a hero. I have a deliverer. I have a salvation bringer. It's not me, though. It's God. Number one reason we speak up is because God gets glory. Secondly, the number, the number two reason we speak up is because the congregation needs it. Now, congregation is a little bit of an old-fashioned word, well, we might say it like this. The church family needs it. Anybody in here, anybody in here who doesn't need encouragement today? Anybody doesn't need encouragement? You're like, no, I'm, I'm actually topped off on encouragement. I'm good. Thank you. I appreciate that. The meter reads full, right? I mean, just everybody needs, everybody needs it. Everybody needs encouragement. Where does that encouragement come from? Yes, it comes from his word. Yes, it comes from his spirit being active. Yes, it comes from all those things. Who is most often the channel of encouragement to someone else? Who? The people of God are. And so he says, I'm not going to restrain my lips here in this congregation. I'm not going to conceal anything from this great congregation. What do they need to know? What do they need to be reminded of? Well, I think they need to be reminded of a couple of things. Verse 11, as for you, O Lord, you will not, I love this, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. He's not going to restrain his mercy. There's no lack of generosity in God. We need to be reminded that, that God is who he says he is. We need to be reminded of that. And so when we shape our stories, when we get an opportunity to tell them and then share them, uh, to, to shape them and then to share them, what, what do we do? We talk about who God is. And secondly, uh, look at down at verse 12. For evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails me. Does that sound overwhelmed to anybody else? Anybody felt overwhelmed this year with anything? You need to know that God is who he says he is. And secondly, we need to remind one another and encourage one another that God is at work. God is at work. 
And here's the thing. When you share stories here in just a moment, somebody's going to be sitting out among the great congregation, and they're going to say this. Man, if God can do that for that person, I bet he can do it for me. And they walk out encouraged. And that's the whole idea. So um, I'll just give you these couple of rules here. Um, uh, the, the first couple are pretty easy to understand. Uh, number one, make it encouraging. Uh, number two, make it about God. He's the hero. Number three, try to keep it to about 60 seconds. <laughs> Here's why. Because at about 45 seconds, the 15-year-old in the back is going to put that up. It's like the Oscar music, you know, when they start talking too long. Just consider it that this is the Oscar music, okay? And so you'll get an opportunity to say, hey, you got to wrap this thing up, man. And, and because, not because we don't want to hear all of this, but simply because we want a lot of opportunity, a lot of people to share. And I'll just give you a very brief example of what this may sound like. You ready? Ready? Punch the clock, Jack. You ready? Go. No, no, no. For me, you <laughs> knuckleheaded kid. I have had, out of the 800 plus unique volunteers that we have had, I've had four of them walk up to me and say this. I came down here having no idea what to expect, but seeing your church operate, seeing the great congregation operate the way that they have, has restored my trust in the church. You're doing it the way it ought to be done. To which I always say, we have great people. We have great people. This is what God's done among us, right? He's created a people who are transformed who say, I look out there and I see a need and I'm going to go jump and, and do this as best I can. So that's just a simple example of how that, and by the way, that's true. Four different people have said, we've hung around you long enough to, that our trust in the church has been restored. Like I said, we've primed the pump a little bit. A couple of them are already up here. Thank you for wrapping it up. Uh, and so we'll let them start sharing. And you come make your way here, and let's just, we'll keep in line and, and uh, share these testimonies for a few more minutes, all right? I'm going to stand up here and ride herd is what I'm going to do. My testimony today is that I've not been in a single home where I've not seen God at work. Uh, when I've gotten to the point where when I go into a home, I look for why am I here? Uh, there was one that was kind of stumping me. It was a young man. Uh, he kind of had his act together. His house was coming around. He had done a lot of work. Uh, just needed a little bit of help moving some heavy objects. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, okay, why am I here? Uh, turns out he was an engineer, so we could talk some engineer speak. Wow. <laughs> uh, that type of thing. He'd actually worked at my place of business. And as we're leaving, he says, very simply, it's just really nice to have somebody to talk to. You know why you're there. Hi, um, I'm Heather Ramsey. Uh, oh we can have folks on this side too. It doesn't have to be all at that microphone, okay? Um, during the hurricane, I got to work in the kitchen, probably because I'm a crier, and I cried the second day of mucking out a house the entire day. Um, <laughs> My testimony, my favorite story, if you want stories, grab a person that was in the kitchen, but my favorite story was we had just given all of our food away um, to a food cabinet or food pantry or whatever, and this guy pulls up with this truck full of food, and they come in and they're like, hey, this guy has donations, and we're like, we don't need anything, but okay, and on our way out of the kitchen, Miriam Cortez says, 
hey, put silverware down on the Sam's list. We desperately need it. I'm like, okay, that's cool. So we walk out, and this guy keeps trying to give us food, and he felt bad because we kept saying, no, no, really, just take it to Hometown Heroes or Mary Queen Catholic. Like, we don't want any more food. We just can't. We don't have the room for it. And um, he keeps trying to give it to us, and we, we could tell he felt really bad that we weren't taking anything. And so as he's about to jump out of the back of end of his truck, he says, okay, look, can you at least take this? And he hands us a box of plastic silverware. And Miriam Cortez loses it in the middle of the parking lot. And Nikki Quisenberry and I cry anytime we see someone else cry. So we both start sobbing as well in front of this poor man in this truck. And he instantly is like, uh. And we got to share with him the provisions that we needed an ice maker. Well, we needed ice, and God provided an ice maker. And every time we said, oh my gosh, we don't have food for tomorrow, somebody else called, another restaurant called saying, hey, let us feed y'all tomorrow. We served thousands of meals and probably only made three of them. Um, it was amazing to be in the kitchen. Um, and we got to share that with him and, and tell him about God's provision. So good, so good. Come on, somebody over on this side. Come on, don't be bashful. Okay, mine is about seeing how God can bring light into darkness, okay, and using people to connect the dots together. We had a lady way over on the Seabrook side of League City, had a big problem with her house, got flooded. Uh, she wasn't going to call our church, but a friend of hers that heard about our church was out there with her, calls our church, hands her the phone because there's some other issues going on, she talks to Jim Baker here at the church. Jim gets some other people involved. Uh, James and Carolyn go out there. Long story short, this lady was just overwhelmed by what we showed her uh, as who we were in Christ. And her son, who's a pastor up in College Station, talks to her and said, that's the kind of church you need to go join. She wasn't going to a church, her and her husband. They'd been looking. She goes, well, that's a long way from where we live. He goes, that's the kind of church you need to go to. Well, she came one Sunday morning. And my wife, as y'all know, will talk to anyone that she sees that's not talking to someone. And she goes and sees her and talks to her that morning, invites her to our Sunday school class. She comes in. Her name's Sandra Gomez. She comes into our class. And we're talking. And I'm bringing up my nephew who lives in Bryan, who's had a devastating year. He's got one eye that he's got vision in, and he can only see about three feet in that eye. And is going through a divorce, going through some really bad, terrible things. And so anyway, I'm sharing that with the class, asking them to pray for him, for him. And she comes up to me after the class, doesn't know me. She comes up and she says, hey, I've got a son that's a pastor in College Station. He likes reaching out to people. Could I get your nephew's phone number? I say, yeah, okay. I give her the phone number. A week goes by, and I don't call my nephew. I'm thinking, I don't, I wouldn't want to tell him about this. She comes back to me the next Sunday. She goes, hey, I think I might have wrote it down wrong. We didn't go through, so I gave it to her again. Her son calls my nephew the very next day, talks to him, and my sister calls me, uh, invites him to lunch. It turns out that my nephew works in College Station one block from the church where this minister's at, the young guy takes him to lunch. They create a kind of a bond early on, and he's a young guy, and gets him involved with some other church people, invites him to lunch the next week. And in that time, and my nephew was raised Catholic. In that time, simple question. He asked him, he goes, Ben, he goes, have you ever invited Christ into your heart and life? 
is your Savior? And my nephew said, no. He goes, this is no coincidence that we're here. He goes, God is calling you. He wants you right now. He goes, let's, all we have to do, you just got to pray right now to ask him into your heart. They did that, and my nephew was saved that day. Amen, 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 yes. Um, in June of this year, before Harvey and all that kind of stuff, um, my marriage started to have a big struggle. Um, the Tuesday after Harvey, um, my husband left our house to go stay with his brother, and he's been there pretty much ever since, ever since um, he comes home on weekends, and we talk to each other during the week and things like that. And um, that was my Harvey. Um, emotionally, if you, those of you who know me, I would have been here organizing and taking care of everybody and helping and all that kind of stuff, but I couldn't do it because I didn't have it in me at that moment to be able to give of myself. Um, because I am a doer, a person that wants to do things for other people. God put me in a position where I couldn't do anything for anybody else to make myself feel better. I couldn't do anything for myself to make me feel better. I couldn't go get a massage or get my fingers done or, you know, all that stuff girls do to make us look better and feel better. It just didn't happen. He put me in a position where I had to do nothing but rely on him inside me to be able to handle what continues to go on in our marriage um, I have prayed for my husband those of you who would like to do that please do <laughs> um, and I believe God is working in his life I honestly do he is um, I pray every day that, that the devil is fighting um, for him and for our marriage so even with Harvey and everything else going on for the last six months, God has sustained me in my relationship with him. Mm, that's good. He pointed to you like you were going to get up, didn't he, Allison? Yeah, you don't need to have it. All right, go ahead. It would be really easy to be negative about 2017. Um, this was the year that our house flooded. This was the year that we found out that I had an artery condition and I might have to have brain surgery. But I have to tell you that I've experienced God's grace in my life like never before this year. And a big part of it is the people in this room and the way that you've allowed God to use you. And as I look around at people like the Wells and the Hazards and think of everything that Marty Davis did in my house and all of you and those of you who invited us to be here in the first place, and I can't thank you enough for how you've changed my family's life. I'm so thankful for this year. And I'd love to stand here at the end of the year and say, like, you know, 2017 couldn't break us, right? We're still in control. And that would be such a lie. Because what it taught us and what it taught my family is that we've never been in control. Come on. We have always been broken. And all we've ever really had has been God's grace. And we learned Preach. that it's so much more true this year than ever before. And so when we look back, like, I just, I, I know in this moment more than ever before that every day is a gift from God. And the people in your life are a gift from God. Amen. And every year is a gift from God, even this one. Amen.
So I was, I was raised Catholic up until about 15 years old. Um, and I want to say that I probably never really felt God's presence in my life. You know, I, it was a traditional setting. I have no qualms with Catholicism and other traditional denominations, but it wasn't my calling. And, you know, um, sometime in the later years of high school and then throughout most of my college, I lost myself. And early 2016, I put myself through serious hell to the point where I couldn't, there was a very good chance I wouldn't finish school. I'd lose my dog, lose so much respect from my family. But you know what? That was the moment when my brain started to unravel that God put his hand on my shoulder and said, you're not going anywhere. And I thought someone was behind me. It was him. And to this day, I've finished my undergrad. I got my first 4.0 since elementary school in master's. And I couldn't be happier to be on my second year on my path with God. He's great. Hi. Um, sorry. <laughs> my name is Gwen. And I just wanted to say, I started out 2017. Um, I felt impressed to do 30 days of prayer on my knees. And uh, I thought that was the craziest thing I've ever done. And that was just the beginning of one amazing year. God worked in my life so crazily. And uh, I don't have time to share everything that has happened and all that has been done. But it's been a crazy year. and. The other day, I was in um, a church in D.C., and I picked up a book, and it said, Wild Goose Chase, and I went, oh my gosh, that totally describes my year, from things that were to helping people in the church, to working at Harvey, to a variety of other things that I've done throughout Houston, and when you get down on your knees and you're, you're, yield yourself to God, it's amazing what he does, mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian since you were six, it doesn't get any worse it just keeps getting better so that's i just good. want to share that that's good we're going to sing for a second this is like the in between courses right so just sing along here we go go ahead
have a seat. We'll take just a moment here. Anybody else want to share? Somebody from this side? We've had a couple from this side lately. Somebody from this side? Anyway, come on. Someone come on. Come on, Zelda. Bring Johnny with you. All right. Johnny White. Yes. Not Tommy. Not Tommy. Johnny. Johnny is Zelda White, ladies and gentlemen. I have um, an unusual ministry. Um, has to deal with death care. Um, I have a friend who's in her 70s. Her husband accepted Christ after they had been married for 38 years. I had prayed with her for years for his salvation, and he finally came to know Christ. Mm-hmm. It was an incredible blessing. In August of this year, she sent me a text saying he had been diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, and they gave him a year. But when Harvey hit, he could not handle the devastation and the fact that he could not help her in getting their home together. They had about 12 inches of water in their home. So she sent him... They went to stay with friends, and my family and I, my two strong sons back there, my strong husband here, we went and helped her move, pack up, whatever she needed help with, and other people from her church. He passed, his health declined so seriously, he passed in October, but before then, She and I were texting back and forth, and the Lord put it on my heart, um, two songs, because their story was a a tremendous love story. They did everything together. One was a love song. How do you keep the music playing? Theirs was an incredible love story. The second song was Softly and Tenderly because he was in so much pain at that point. She just desired, Lord, please take him. The Lord put it on our hearts one Sunday after church to go visit. Was it a Saturday or Sunday? It was a Sunday. We went to visit. By then, his son had taken them in, given up his bedroom, and they were staying in his home. Um, We went to visit, and... um, I didn't realize until, I guess, two weeks ago that what we were hearing from him were the death rattle. But I sat with her in the room with him, and then I played softly and tenderly. She said he had been in so much pain, she had to give him morphine, she had to increase the dosage. And as I played the song, he stopped rattling and his mouth began moving. I watched him, she was crying. His mouth began moving. I didn't tell her because I knew she wouldn't be able to handle it. We stayed with her maybe an hour more. We sat out in the um, kitchen with her and her son-in-law and the grandchildren and daughter-in-law. Her other son-in-law came over. And eventually my husband and I said, you know, we will leave and let you all have this time. Hmm. We were driving down 517 in the Santa Fe area. 
No, um, I'm sorry, Dickinson area. And I looked over this field, and the way a particular formation of clouds was, it was a promenade with a throne above it. And I looked, and I just said, Lord, please release him. Call him home. Not one minute later, <laughs> she sent a text and said he had passed. That was an incredible story, In an glory. incredible time. But God is good. God was faithful. He released him from the pain he was in. And as we still continue to minister to us, pray, for, minister to her, pray for us mm -hmm. as we continue to come alongside her because she lost her best friend. But he is in, Amen. in a, a better place. Amen. 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 Hi, I'm Brenda, and I just want to say that this church, starting with the pastor down, has been used by God in my life this particular year. We just became members about a year ago, and I'm 75, and my husband had been a pastor, and we had poured our life into serving the Lord in that way and then he retired and we hunted for a whole year for a church and we found it here and it has God has used all of this to refresh my walk with him and I just wanted to say thank you Lord and I know he's got greater things that he's going to do through this whole church family and I just am so thankful I'm part of it. Hello, I'm John. Uh, You're going to have to get on the microphone. Okay. Otherwise, they won't hear you. About uh, a little over a year and a half ago, I was laid off from IBM uh, for a second time. And I had kind of served in the back because of the field I'm in, didn't get a lot of new training. So when I hit the market again, I was kind of behind the times. And through this church, for a year and a half, I was unemployed, except from part-time work I got doing this or that and things like that. So for a year and a half, I was unemployed. This church supported me. Our small group was there for us every day. I knew the classes were praying for us. Um, I had hern some hernia problems. I kept putting it off thinking I'd find a job would need to get to work so I finally decided to do it and two days before the surgery I got a call about a job interview I said well I can't do the interview until after the surgery and then the Tuesday after the surgery they called me again for a technical interview and that went real well and then on the way home from the doctor after my surgery I got a call accepting a, offering a full-time job it was originally an offer for a part-time to 20 to 30 hours a week but they turned it into a full-time position. And um, it's just been a blessing that everything this church has meant to the two of us during this time, the support and the prayers that I know coming from every single class and every single member of this church has just lifted us up through this time. And I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you and knowing it's God there with us. 
that we made it through all this time. Amen. Last one. Thank you, family. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, say thank you to our church family for seeing us through the the trials we were in. It was a time of humility, but y'all just wrapped your arms around us and loved on us through it all and thank you. So uh, 2016 was uh, a difficult year for my wife and I. The way I think about it is those of you that went out after Harvey hit uh, to muck out houses and we just did it day after day after day, you know how your body felt at night and in the morning when you woke up? That's how like our souls felt uh, for most of 2016 with losing Mark at the end of 2015 and then some other stuff that happened in the summertime. Uh, 2017 came around, and uh, my wife and I, uh, we decided to get healthy, and um, that, was, uh, that was a big step in, uh, in our life. And then um, this little nugget came into our life in, in February, and uh, it's, it's, I could talk about that, that whole journey for hours, but this is all, this is what I want to say, is... Sometimes it just doesn't feel like God is in control, but he is. Amen. And uh, faith is trusting him when it doesn't feel like it. And uh, we didn't have faith in our own self or our own strength because we just laid there. We had to have friends like pick us up and say, hey, come out of, out of your house and come hang out with us. But uh, f- when we took the step of faith, trusting that God had a plan, not understanding what the plan was, but trusting it as a plan. His plan is good. It's always better than what we have done. And, and I, I stand here thanking God every day for, uh, for Rowan. And so thank you. Let's stand up. Let's sing. There is a truth Jesus.
no matter what 2018 holds, this is going to be true. You ready? But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, he who formed you, O great congregation of people, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, (laughs) I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you, for I am the Lord your God. Um, we're cutting, we're stopping now because there are kids down the hallway, all right? I mean, let's be honest about that. I could keep going, but there are children down the hallway. Um, what I would love, though, is if you didn't get a chance to share and you think, man, I, I coulda, shoulda, woulda, will you email that to me, trent at heritagepark.org, please? That would be awesome, wonderful. We'll compile these in some manner. I'm not sure how we'll do it, but we'll figure it out. Uh, let, let's step into 2018 with the kind of faith that has been described up here. Let's step into 2018 knowing that today what we said and what we sung was true. And let's step into 2018 like Jesus reigns over everything. Happy New Year. God bless you. You're dismissed.